trying to uh, take a look at the month ahead of us, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Sukkot, more specifically Simchat Torah, and we're going to try to focus on a, a little bit of a bird's eye view of the whole experience. We go through this every year. We get ready for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. It's a, it's a, it's a fun experience. There are stressful moments. There are all sorts of feelings and emotions we have about this. And tonight, what I want to do is take a look at these holidays from a bird's eye view, understand what each of them represent, or at least one element of what they represent, and see what we can take away from this, not just during the experience, but with us for throughout the year. So I want to uh, look into a Mishnah. Um, and this Mishnah is a Mishnah that many of you are familiar with from Pirkei Avot, from Ethics of Our Fathers. And this Mishnah has been spoken about um, in, in, by, by many different uh, rabbis, Hasidic rabbis, specifically with relation to um, the holidays. The Mishnah is, and I'll, I'll share the screen. Here we are. The Mishnah is a famous Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon said there are three crowns, the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of kingship. But the crown of a good name supersedes them all. Now, there's a lot of commentary about this Mishnah. What does it mean, a crown of Torah, priesthood, and kingship? And then the crown of a good name supersedes them all? Since when are we concerned with our name? Since when is that like a big focus, all of a sudden we're focused on the externalities, like what kind of name I have out there, if I have a good name, and that supersedes them all. So there's a lot to be understood and be, be, uh, uh, and, and be expounded upon. But in reference to the holidays, so this is a talk from the Rebbe from the 1950s, and he says as follows, in the summary of his discourses on Shemini Atzer, the Tzemach Tzedek writes, from Rosh Hashanah, through Shmini Atzeret, there are three crowns. On Rosh Hashanah, we recite passages of kingship because we coronate God as our king, the crown of kingship. On Yom Kippur, the crown of priesthood, when the high priest enters the Holy of Holies, followed by the crown of Torah on Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, but, but the level of Torah study is great because it leads to action representing the crown of the good name. So we need to understand what does this mean? So basically he's saying Rosh Hashanah is the crown of kingship. Yom Kippur is the crown of the um, priesthood. And then Simchat Torah is the crown of Torah. What does this all represent? So let's start with, let's get right into it because we got a lot to cover. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Simchat Torah. Rosh Hashanah is kingship. Why is Rosh Hashanah kingship? So if we take a look at, um, this is a piece from the Talmud from, from Masechet Rosh Hashanah. The Holy One, blessed be he, said, recite before me, God, this is a very interesting thing. Uh, very seldom does God tell us what to pray and how to pray. We know that we have the capacity to pray. We know we have the ability to pray and to ask God for what we need. But to give us the prescription of what to say is a very interesting phenomenon. And Rosh Hashanah 
is, a, is unique in the sense that God actually prescribed us and told us what should we be praying for and mentioning on Rosh Hashanah. So we pray for a lot of things, but one of the things that we focus on is we talk about and we evoke and we remind God different elements of our relationship with him and his kingship over us. Let's take a look at the Gemara. The Holy One, blessed be, he said, recite before me in Rosh Hashanah verses that mention kingships, remembrance, and shofrot, zechronot, malchiot, and shofrot. And you'll notice if you take a look at Musaf specifically, that Musaf each, you know, we blow the shofar three times throughout Musaf. Each section, there are three sections. Each section focuses on a different element of our relationship with God. Remembrances, okay, kingship so that you will crown me as king over you. Remembrances so that your remembrance will rise before me for good. And with what will the remembrances rise? It will rise with the shofar. So why does Rosh Hashanah represent kingship or more? Let me let me rephrase that. Why is the first holiday Rosh Hashanah? So really, in order to answer this question, we need to we need to address the very famous question that I'm sure you guys have heard before. And that is that Rosh Hashanah is actually not the anniversary of the creation of the world. It's a myth. Rosh Hashanah is not the anniversary of the creation of the world. I see Mark's eyes perking up. It's fake news. What is Rosh Hashanah, guys? What is Rosh Hashanah? What is the anniversary of? Creation of man. Creation of man. Thank you. Creation of man. Now, why is Rosh Hashanah celebrated on the anniversary of creation of man and not in the creation of the world if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're commemorating that? And the answer is... Because it was only when man was created that God can be the king over a people. You can't have a king over ants. You can't have a king over trees. You need people to be able, ein melech beloam. There cannot be a king without a nation. So the whole purpose of creation of the world was that God should rule over this world. And we should reveal godliness. We should make a blessing. We should bring godliness into this world. When did that begin to be able to potentially happen? Only when man was created. So the source, the, the foundation of our relationship with God is there must be the acceptance of God as king. Kabbalato, accepting the yoke of heaven. And that's why the first in the order of the holidays is Rosh Hashanah. Let's take a look at the, at the words of the Rebbe. Our God, and uh, I'm sorry, this is another prayer. We're not going to read this now. We don't have time, but this is another prayer from the Ihali Liturgy where we, where we talk about God being king at this point. Rosh Hashanah, the definition, the, the crown of kingship refers to the act of accepting God's sovereignty, Kabbalat O. This is the first matter a Jew should undertake, the commitment to be a servant of the Almighty. This constitutes one's first connection with godliness. Let's move ahead to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur represents the crown of the Ketekuna, the crown of, of priesthood. What is, what is, let's talk about that for a second. What does that represent? So, of course, we know today for us, Yom Kippur, when we think about Yom Kippur, we think mainly about fasting. And we think about asking God for forgiveness. But back in the days of the temple, Really, Yom Kippur, all eyes were faced to Jerusalem. All eyes were faced to the Beit HaMikdash. 
And really, everybody was focused on what was going on, the work that was going on by the Kohen Gadol, by the high priest, and the sacrifices that were offered. But more specifically, the highlight within that was when he would go into the Holy of Holies. And that was the once a year, the one person that went into the holiest place on the holiest day of the year. And what is in that room? What is in that small room? The Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, the holiest place, the holiest point in the world for us as Jews. Of course, the center, the, the centerfold, the focus of the Kodesh HaKadoshim is the tablets, the Luchot, that were in the Arona Kodesh, that were in the Ark, those tablets. And what those tablets represent is a relationship to God which is beyond a uh, uh, like words that are written on a Torah. Words that are written on a Torah, of course, we you know Torah can become un unkosher, unfit for use. A, a letter can be cracked. When it comes to the letters that are engraved in the tablets, that can never become unkosher. And that represents a deeper element of our relationship with God beyond accepting God as our king. No, we become one with God just like letters that are engraved in the tablets, that's on Yom Kippur, we try to strive for that level of a connection with the relationship with God, where we're not just doing the mitzvot because we have no choice, because we have to accept God as the king and face that reality that God is in control and God is in charge. No, it's a step deeper. That becomes our essence. That becomes who we are. Just like those letters are engraved in the tablets and that becomes the essence of the tablets. It's not two separate things. And then we come to, um, then we come to Simcha Torah, Keter Torah, which is the third of those three Keters. And what does that represent? What, is, what does that represent? Let's read real quick from the liturgy that we read on Simcha Torah. We say, after we finish reading the Torah, before we're about to bring the Torah back in to the Arona Kodesh, after we finish all the dancing and, and reading the Torah, we say, Rejoice and exult on Simcha Torah and pay homage to the Torah, for its goods are superior to all their goods, more precious than fine gold and gems. Let us delight and rejoice with this Torah, for it is our life, our strength, and our light. And here the Rebbe shares the following. The crown of priesthood isn't enough either. A person must engage with the crown of Torah. The oneness with God, which we strive for, should not engage only our external faculties, like our sense of will and pleasure, but also our inner faculties, beginning with our intellect. The goal is that our mind should understand godliness and become one with it. This is the crown of Torah, because Torah is, as the verse says, your wisdom and understanding and intellectual pursuit. So, Basically, just to sum up, and then we'll get to the last part, which is that crown of a good name, which we need to understand what is that all about and what's the what's the focus of that. So to wrap up, sum up, we have the Keter of Malchut, the Keter of kingship, accepting God as our king. Then we have Keter Kuna, the priesthood, and the highlight, the pinnacle of the priesthood was going into the Kodesh Kadashim. And in that room was the, 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 the Luchot, which represents 
that type of relationship with God, which it becomes one with us. It's not just we're doing something because Nebuch, we have to do what God says, but we connect with it. But it's not enough that it becomes our even first nature because there are certain things, guys, we all know there are certain things that we do, right? There are certain things that we do and it becomes our first nature. That doesn't mean we necessarily enjoy it. It doesn't mean we necessarily connect with it. It doesn't mean we necessarily uh, appreciate it and connect with it intellectually or emotionally. It's something we do because we have to do. And we don't do it because we do it because that's right. So the idea is that the Torah represents our connection to Hashem, where we're doing things because intellectually and emotionally we have connected with it. And the deepest way to connect with someone is to connect with them intellectually on intellectual level. It's not just that you know what kind of foods they like. It's not just that you know what kind of clothes they like. It's not just that you know all those kinds of external things about them, but you know how they think. You know how they approach things. You know how they analyze things. When we learn Torah, the deepest level of connecting to Hashem is connecting to God's wisdom. So then we come to the last part, which is the last part of the Mishnah, which says the Keser Shem Tov Ola Al Gabeya. That the, 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 the crown of a good name is what goes on top of all of them. And what does that represent? So there is a saying from the previous Rebbe yet about the, the, the festive month of Tishrei. And I quote here, take a look. Now, after the holidays, it is time to unpack the packages of goods that we amassed over the holidays. Being that, and Jacob went in his way, we now proceed to the service of Torah mitzvah according to teachers of Hasidism. Meaning, this was said at the end of, of the high holidays. Meaning, this whole experience that we are about to embark on, beginning on, uh, on Monday night with Rosh Hashanah, this is a journey. But the journey is to get to, we're, go, we're trying to get to a destination. And the destination is that all these experiences of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchat Torah, should have an impact on us in our life throughout the year. And it's it's like we're going to a big marketplace and we pack up and we try to get we try to get as close as we can, feeling as close as we can to Hashem and rejoicing and celebrating everything. But then we got to unpack the goods in our lives and have a real impact on our lives. But what does the Keter Shem Tov represent? So a name is something very interesting, right? A name on the one hand is an external idea. A name is something that you don't need. You can live in this world a hundred years and not have a name. You don't need a name. The only reason why you need a name is to be able to relate to someone else. A name by definition is how we connect with others, right? When you meet someone, what's the first thing you say is, hi, my name is, that's the, it's external, but it's also a way that we connect. So the way that the Rebbe understands this Mishnah of Keser Shem Tov Ola Gabeya means that, that, that more, most important of everything is that these experiences that we have throughout the holidays should impact others, should not be something that we just have an amazing high holiday season. We have an amazing Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Sukkot and then we go back. No, it has to express itself by us having an impact on the people in our lives, our family, our friends, the people that we have relationships with. Let's, let's, um, let's read some, some of the words from the Rebbe. 
The culmination of this journey is the fulfillment of mitzvahs. Now, the fulfillment of mitzvahs focuses on the physical. Their main goal is not to transform the individual, but on the contrary, to go out of oneself and one's personal spiritual state and engage with the physical material world. For this reason, this stage is called the good name. A name is something that is used when engaging with another and is irrelevant to one's personal identity. Nonetheless, this crown supersedes all the spiritual achievements of the other crowns of kingship, priesthood, and Torah. And in fact, those spiritual pursuits are only a preparation for the practical fulfillment of mitzvah. As our sages said, Torah study is great because it leads to action. Upon achieving all three crowns, we still have not reached the ultimate goal. After all, a person still retains his former identity, even if it is now a holy identity. His existence, his internal and external faculties are saturated with godliness. But the ultimate goal is to put yourself away, to nullify your existence to the will of God, to break free of your existence. This is accomplished through the crown of the good name, through fulfilling the commandments, through which a person sets his own desires aside for the sake of illuminating the world. When the crown of the good name, i.e. the fulfillment of the mitzvah, does not follow the spiritual pursuits of the other three crowns, it will lack enthusiasm. In, in, in that case, the good deeds that he fulfills will supersede the other three pursuits because ultimately action is the main thing. However, this advantage is only in regard to the fulfillment of God's will. God desires a world that is a dwelling place for him. And that objective has been fulfilled. However, it does not achieve the same objective in the soul of the human being. In regards to the person, it cannot be considered a crown. But when the fulfillment of the commandments comes after the engaging with the first three crowns, a person is able to transform his own persona as well. When the crown of the good name is built on the progress of the other three, the crowns of kingship, priesthood, and Torah, not only does the individual merit to fulfill the will of God, he also elevates his own soul, which becomes a crown for him, bringing him to, to, to true transcendence. So the last point that the Rebbe makes is a very important point as well, that we really need both. In other words, if a person is just going to have a crown of a good name, meaning they're, they're, they're all about the mitzvahs, but they don't have the foundations before, then they may, may become a situation where they're, they're lacking in their own personal connection to God because they don't have those foundations. On the other hand, conversely, if someone is only stuck with those three crowns, but it never expressed itself in practical mitzvot, it never expressed itself in having an impact on making a difference, then there's something very wrong with that as well. So anyway, hopefully this uh, gave you a, a nice perspective as we about to embark. I believe this will be the last uh, zoom into the parasha. We'll reconvene on the other side of Tishrei. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get in for Parsha Bereshit, but hopefully for, for Parsha Noach, we'll, we'll restart again on the new, the new book with new vigor, hopefully with Hashem's help. Um, if you have any feedback on these classes, I'm always looking to uh, make it better. Um, and I uh, thank you for coming and for participating. And um, everyone here should be blessed with a Shana Tova Mutuka a sweet, happy, and a healthy year uh, and revealed goodness for everybody.
Have a good night and all the best. Amen. Take care. Thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. No problem.